So the guys at Rewind the Movies decided that we needed to do something a little bit different and we decided to do a film that not many people may know of. And that's 1994's Renaissance Man, or Renaissance Man, depending on what part of the world you come from. The film's plot centres around Bill Rago, played by Danny DeVito, who is a divorced advertising executive down on his luck. When he loses his job, the unemployment agency finds him a temporary job teaching basic literacy at a nearby US Army base. On the podcast this week, we've got myself, Andrew Owen, James Brigodage, a.k.a. Prog, and Adam Flewellyn from The Bale Cartoon. The first time I saw this film, it was with Prog, but does this film still stand up all these years later? Because we remember it being a really enjoyable film. Anyway, here's the episode, and here are our thoughts. So this was picked, I believe, by me, but seconded by Prog. And me and Prog have a joint memory of this film. And I'll pass over to Prog in a moment, because... Um, whenever it comes to a memory from my childhood or university days, I have to always um, double check it with Prog because I've got a memory like a sieve um, and Prog inevitably corrects me on something. But we watched this for the first time in university. It was a film that was never on my radar before it, we came about that one particular evening. So it came out in 94 and I believe... Prog, correct me if I'm wrong, we probably watched it either 2001 to 2002, that particular academic year. Yep. So, come on, you give the story, because when I said the story the other day to you, it was wrong. So, this year, particularly year in university, me and Andrew had rushed to get a house, sign up for a house, because we thought all the good houses are going to go unless we get one a couple of months before we're supposed to start uni. So well, we ended- I think I think the story is we thought all the houses were going to go. Yeah, so so we ended up signing up for a house that didn't have a proper living room. It had a kitchen slash diner. I think that's how you or kitchen slash living area, and the what would be the living room? It just had two benches against the wall with the dinner table, and then that's where and then across from that was the TV on a worktop. So it wasn't the most comfortable of living. But me and Andrew were up talking one evening. I think I think we'd been to rugby practice. I think it was like one of the few times we had gone. <laughs> yeah, that, I was going to say that didn't happen very often. <laughs> so me and Andrew were talking uh, for a few hours and we were just, the TV was on. And of course, when we, when we were in uni, you still already had about four or five channels. So... We had BBC One on, and Renaissance Man started at like I think I want to say quarter past eleven. It was, and, it was definitely a late one. Yeah, and within for some reason, within ten to fifteen minutes, me and Andrew would start talking, and we were just watching this film. And at the end of it, at about one o'clock in the in the morning, we turned to each other and went, "That was all right, that." And now we've decided to revisit it. I, I and I haven't watched it since that day. And I I have this perception of the film that it's really or I really enjoyed it at the time. So I for for years and years I've said to people, I'll oh, check this out. And um I, I I'll I'll put my cards on the table now, right? I still enjoy this film. Right, okay. It, it, it's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. It's definitely, I thought, a film which 
you would see potentially on, I don't know, Hallmark or something like that. Not much happens in the film, but I get a nice fuzzy feeling from it. But maybe it's because it, it reminds me of times like university, which I loved, absolutely loved. Yeah. I'm with you insofar as I've not seen the film since all the way. I haven't seen it all the way through. Uh, and again, like you, I look back on, looked back on the film fondly. Um, <laughs> watching it again for this. Uh, I have changed my mind slightly. Oh, but I'm definitely. sure we'll get into it. Come on then, Ad. I'm assuming you have never seen this film. Had you heard of this film? No, I've never heard of this film. I want to go back to when I've never heard of this film. <laughs> are you, are you um, a Danny DeVito Oh, yeah, of course I am. And a Penny Marshall fan, the director. She made big, for fuck's sake. I love... I, when you said about this film, right, I looked it up, and I was like, Penny Marshall directed this, A League of Their Own, and big. Danny DeVito's in it. I'm like, I, this, I hope I never heard of this film. It sounds absolutely amazing. And when I watched it, I was like, no wonder I never heard of this film before. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of this film, but uh, we'll get into it as we go on. Yeah. I found, I found it hard to watch. Very, very, very hard to watch. Uh, sorry to say, guys, but I'm just being honest here. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to an opinion on this podcast. If I had to sum this film up in... One one term or two words or whatever, it would be cheese dick. <laughs> I, I I take that. I take Who doesn't that. love a bit of cheese dick, innit? Yeah. This is the most cheese dick film I've ever seen. It, every trope ever is in this film, but it's I didn't even usually when a film is cheesy and tropey like this, I laugh, but I didn't even laugh. I was just like, it, this is the fit. Well, viewers can't see it, but I, I'm making like a sort of like astonished, like, oh my God, sort of face. I was like that for most of the film. Shall we move uh, on to favourite aspect then? And I'll throw mine straight in there. I, I do love Danny DeVito in it, but Jesse Vincent from Twins. Yeah. It's um <laughs> similar sort of character, pro- probably because it's Danny DeVito and it's his acting, acting style. Um, I do think the film had a hint of Police Academy about it. Yeah. This is the thing, this is my problem with the film. Sorry to butt in here, right? But yeah. I kept thinking, I was thinking this towards the end of the film. It clicked. I was like, this is like, no, I didn't think of this film as an example, but this is like something like a police academy style, 80s, 90s sort of like comedy movie, but without any fucking jokes. I was, <laughs> that's what I was like with it. I was like, there's no jokes or any good jokes and stuff. That's what I was, police academy is a good example, yeah. I can understand where you're coming from, Ad, with the... It's supposed to be a comedy film, isn't it? Yeah. And you are right. There aren't many jokes, if if any at all, for your sensibility. Comedy, you know, comedy likes and dislikes. But that doesn't mean that a film can't still be enjoyable. And there, there were aspects to the film I did enjoy, still. I like a gentle drama, especially the next man, right? A gentle sort of, like slightly bantery drama sort of thing. I like that sort of stuff, but this wasn't that at all. This was like, this was cheesy as fuck, like as well. I completely agree with you on the cheese factor, right? Watching it again, I did, and obviously I'm looking at it now with the, 
the experience of having written myself and being involved in stuff myself, right? So I'm coming to it from a different perspective now. So as soon as the sentimentality or the cheese started ha- started happening, I could spot it in my lot. Yeah. And that did affect my overall enjoyment of the film. But there were things that I still liked. I mean, I'll say it now, I... I, I honestly think I could watch Danny DeVito doing anything. There's something about Danny DeVito that I just find, even when he's playing an arsehole, and that's not to say he's an arsehole in this film. I mean, he's a, he's a bit of an arsehole in the beginning, but even though even when he's playing not a nice character, I still enjoy watching Danny DeVito. He's an arsehole all the way through the film. Like... That fucking drill sergeant played by what's it like? What's that actor? He was in Gregory Rome. Hines. Yeah, he died. Yeah, but when he's trying to just do his job, and you got Danny DeVito coming up being a guy, give him, let him off, let him have a good time. I was like, fuck off, Danny DeVito's character. He like let the guy do his job. Yeah, but I, I'm on a minute now. I think there's a bit of tit for tat there, isn't it? Because Gregory Hines is being an arsehole to him as well. Yeah, but he's a fucking drill sergeant. He's, he's under a lot. <laughs> man's under a lot of pressure. He's got to put people for the fucking military, man. And like you got Danny DeVito, but I guess they need to learn about Shakespeare. It's like fuck off. Can we can we carry on with our favourite aspects or not? Sorry, I'll cut I, I, I my tongue. Right, try your best now. For give us just give us five minutes, and then we can get on to what you want to talk about. All right. Just on that note, though, Gregory Hines' character, Sergeant Cass, was originally offered to Irving Rhines. Really? But he turned it down because a mate of his had a film coming out, um, and his mate was Quentin Tarantino. Never. And the film Never. was Pulp Fiction. Uh, he made the right choice there, didn't he? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, if, if I was an actor and someone brought a script to me and they said, and we've already got Danny DeVito signed up, I'd be like, I don't need to read it, love. Where, where do I sign? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird, though, that Danny DeVito is an executive producer on Pulp Fiction. So I wonder if there was a bit of like, you know, I wonder if Danny, Danny DeVito kind of made that happen a bit. Danny DeVito should have been in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Who should Danny DeVito have played in Pulp Fiction? I, I, the Gib. I'm going for the Gib. Zed or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of those characters. Yeah. One of the, the Nazi. Fuck it. Bruce Willis's character. That's just Danny DeVito. <laughs> Come on, Improv. What other aspects have you got that you enjoyed? For this film in particular, um, I quite like the clerk at the unemployment office. I, li- I like that actress. I've seen her in a few different films, and I, I think she's always very good. I know she tends to play this, or when I've seen her, she tends to play a similar part quite often, but I do think she does play that role well. Um, I also like the rest. I like the cast. I think the cast are good. I mean, the, you can question the material they've got to work with, but I like the actors involved. I mean, you've got Mark Wahlberg, Stacey Dash... You know, you got people like that. They, they're good actors. I had a massive crush on Stacey Dash in the. Oh, movies. she's beautiful, man. Absolutely, yeah. really attractive lady. I don't think you can question the the, the script. <laughs> I'm 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 with it on it. The only thing I question on the on the script, and we come on to it in a moment, is the use of um Hamlet. But right. Okay. I, we, we'll come on to that in a, in a little bit. Okay. Um, I I just want to mention as well from an aspect point of view. I thought the music added to the film for me. It was Hans Zimmer. 
Hands in it, yeah. The score was brilliant. The, the, the choice of music that they then actually used throughout the film. I, th- I think I think this goes to why Adam is so let down by this film, isn't it? I mean, you look you look at the elements for the film, Danny DeVito, Penny Marshall, Hans Zimmer, Gregory Hines, I mean, the supporting cast, you, you think, I can get where, where Adam is coming from. He's probably thinking, I'm going to go and watch a really good film here. And then, unfortunately for him, yeah. he's met with this. It's got, <laughs> it's got like, it's like everything should work, but it just fucking doesn't. Like, yeah. Why do you think then, Prague, we have such fond memories of it? Why, in the early 2000s, when we watched it, we came away thinking, that was, a brilliant, that was an amazing I, film. I know why. Because you both sustained some sort of head injury while you were doing multiple <laughs> practice that day. You know, in, in order for us to stay, sitting on those God awful, uncomfortable benches to watch. Well, a film you were sat on a tumble dryer all night. All I can, guys, the more you say this story, all I can imagine is two fucking half post rugby guys just going to go, film good. <laughs> Daddy DeVito, good. I, I, I just want to let me know I wasn't your typical rugby boy. I was doing English <laughs> and psychology in university. Thank you very much. Uh... I genuinely think that it's one of those occasions where. It's more the occasion than the film. So what I mean is, do you know, like, and I'm not equating these as the same, I'm just saying, I'm just saying they, they, they're in the same ballpark. You know, like when you first start going out with someone and you yeah. stay up all night talking and you have such fond ve- memories of like, oh, remember that night we stayed up? I think when you stay up with a mate and you're talking shit, you and you have a really good night. Whatever happened for this particular time, Renaissance Man was on, and we ended up watching it. And I think it's just part of that night now, or part of that experience, as it were. And I think that's why we look fondly back on it. Well, what I will say is, right, there's a lot of films I used to watch on television when I was younger. I'll give you one example, right? Um, have you ever seen Judgment Night? Yes. Yeah. Now. How good is that? How good is Judgment Night? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it for years. Exactly. How good do you think Judgment... When, when I was younger, I was like, Judgment Night is an underground gem. That is the best film ever. About a year or two ago, I rewatched Judgment Night. And yeah. fuck me. From the moment that film starts, there's problems. And I was just like, I used to love this when I was a teenager and I used to watch it on TV. And I'm talking... I'm not talking like 12. I'm talking like 16, 17 is when I saw that. Mm. And it just does not hold up at all. And, but I think it's like, I think you had such little choice back in the day, but a film coming on late at night was a nice treat and you just welcomed it no matter what. So films like Judgment Night, this, and other films like, there's loads of films I used to watch back then at that time. And you look back now and you're like, man, it's actually a piece of crap. <laughs> it, you know, I, I, obviously, I'm not going to go as far as you to say it's a piece of crap because I don't think it's a piece of crap. I, I, I still watched it last night thinking, that's all right. I just didn't have, a, you know, I didn't and I didn't watch it thinking the same as what I felt or thought about it before. And I think, right, for me, you can watch a film and realise that it's not the greatest, but as long as you're taking enjoyment from it, mm. that's all right. And whether that's because of Danny DeVito, whether that's because of some other aspect of, of the cast, um, 
or the, or the storyteller and what have you. I, I still enjoyed it, and we'll come to it at the end, but I'll say it now. I, I recommend it. We we you have to we have to remember as well, right? I mean, look, this is turning into a decent discussion here about tastes and preferences because obviously Adam doesn't like the film. I'm I think it's okay on second viewing. You still seem to like it, but then you've got and I I know we're talking about you know uh, elements of it like the cheesiness or the corniness or however you want to put it. But there are people who like that type of thing. I mean, God, I don't know why, but people love. And we've talked about it on one of our discussions before, but the Robin Williams film. What is it? When he's a teacher. Uh, um, Dead Poets Society. Yeah. And and that is one of those, you know, really sort of trying to play to the to, to the heartstrings movies, isn't it? Or you know, take a I don't know, Bette Midler's film, Beaches, that type of people just there's a type of film people like. And you know you don't have to defend it if you like it, you like it. This is the sort of film, right? If back in the day, if I had just started seeing someone, I'd um, m- maybe not first night, but like put an easy viewing film on. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Adam's face. As, as, as Adam said, a gentle drama. I would not put this on for a for a bird you were seeing. This would be like, Ad, you would put it on. But for other reasons. Yeah, you'd put this you on. Put it on so you didn't have to watch it. You would put this on so it would bore her into like, you know. <laughs> I'd put this on, right? So she didn't think I'd put on like a sleazy film, and she'd be like, "Oh, this this guy is all right. He's obviously not trying to get into my pants for the first couple of nights." No, you wait. You wait for like the seven or eight week mark to put on uh, nine and a half weeks, or basically. <laughs> I don't know. I want to just ask you a serious question now, guys, right? And um, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the film. Got a girl over, like, all right, second date. You're like, oh, yeah, let's put a film on, babe. But your intention really is to... You're at that stage where you're both into having a bit of a cut and a cuddle. You're going to kiss and stuff. Maybe maybe tonight you're going to get... Wait, you're going to feel each other up. You're going to feel each other up. You might get under a... Tonight's the first night of sex, whatever, right? Tonight is your night, bro. I know Andrew, right? And Frog, like, you got you got your bird over. Um, You put this on in the background. Um, you know, shirts are off. She, she, she's feeling your abs, and it's it's like a fucking Peter Andre music video in that room, right? It is fucking on like Donkey Kong, and you're you're getting into it. But all of a sudden, that gentle Hans Zimmer score stops, and you have the shittest rap song ever. When that bit when they're rapping about Hamlet in the middle of it, that's not that. Bad. That is I was, not that bad. I was like that. Oh, watching that scene, I was like, I was so cringing at that scene. I was just like. Admittedly, I'd forgotten how bad that scene was. Um, and I did like the fact that Mark Wahlberg technically is the only official rapper out of all of them there, and he's the one who's not allowed to rap. He's not. No, he's not. Ra- he's not the only one. Who, who else would be? There's another two. So uh, Khalil Kane, who plays Nathaniel, who gets arrested, he's a rapper, and the one who plays Jamal, uh, his name is Kadim Had Hardison, and he's a he's a a rapper as well, I think. Oh. But anyway, you know, Mark Wahlberg technically would have been a professional rapper back mm. in the day, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... All right, let's move on to favourite scene. Yeah. Come on, Ad, you may as well give us something. There must be a scene in there you liked. The scene when the screen went black and the white writing came up. <laughs> that was the best scene of the film. No. Um, okay, anything I liked in this film. I like Danny DeVito. I mean, you can't, like, you can't, 
look at Danny DeVito and be like, I don't like this guy. But I'm sorry, but like, it, it, I tried to watch this and be like, what scenes do I like here? But it was just bad. I mean, I guess I liked seeing actors. Ah, you can just say no. I know, but I'm trying here. I'm just like, I guess it was nice to see some of the cast popping up and stuff. And But no, nothing. Every time we go to you, there's a fucking five-minute rant, man. It's a podcast. Yeah, but if Andrew, if Andrew says, do you have a favourite scene, just go, no, I don't. Move Fuck on. No. <laughs> Sorry, cut everything I said out just then. Ask me the question again. Fuck no. <laughs> Come on, Prog, where were you? Uh, I like Danny DeVito getting up and down from the Victory Tower. Really? Yeah, it's, I quite like that. It's pure cheese, I think. I love yeah. the way that he does come down. No, it's, it's, the, it's the physical comedy element. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about the actual, you know, predicament or the cause of him getting up there. That I completely agree. That is by the numbers writing or scenario setups. But Danny DeVito in that scene, that's why I enjoyed it. All right. My favourite scene, and Adam may think this is pure cheese, I quite like the scene where everyone's going through why they joined the army. There's some stories in there which are a little bit, oh, really, you know, a bit predictable. Mm. But I, I did like it. I thought elements of it were poetic, if I could put it that way. I just, sorry, Go I on. just remember one scene I found absolutely hilarious, which I did laugh, <laughs> not for the right reasons, but I did laugh a lot at it. And it was the bit, you know that guy who sleeps all the time? Melvin, Melvin. When he reads his letter, and then he's just like, now that, now that I'm gone, my dad has moved on to the other kids. And he just lies in his bed crying. That was really funny, but for the wrong reasons. I did laugh. I did laugh. That's like a cheesy thing we put in the veil or something that was. I did laugh quite a lot at that. What I, just, what I didn't like about that, I get why they did it. I, I just wanted a follow-up from it. Yeah, that that is an that is a, an example of forced melodrama, isn't it? Um, there's a lot of that in this film. Like the yeah, I didn't say that, but I said that's an example. No, what I mean is um, not the forced melodrama. I mean the every soldier almost having this sad backstory for no reason. You know, well, they double D's, mate. Don't yeah. get where you are. There'll be something yeah. being bad. They're the only double D's that Adam don't like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, changes. Come on, Ad. You you you've reeled a couple. You must have some more. Everything. Um, uh, mate. Like again, I'll I'll say the same thing I said for another podcast. There, if someone said, Adam, we have this movie we're about to shoot. Here's the script as it is in the film. I'd say, um, first off, I don't know. I'd probably make it a fucking action movie for the start or something. Have someone game. Have have someone drive a tank and shoot something. I don't fucking know. I'm I'm being silly here. Um. My problems with it was, it was just like, when it first started, I didn't mind it. Like, when it first put it on, I was like, oh, I can get on board with this. This seems like a sort of, like, a easy-to-watch, like, drama, dangerous minds kind of style film, but more light-hearted than that. But it was just, like, it was just, like, the constant, like, this is my sad backstory, and now this is my sad backstory, and now this is my sad, like, the Melvin Melvin, and then the kid that goes to prison for crack or something, and then, like, and then the kid whose father died in Vietnam and stuff, it was like, get over it. Like, <laughs> you, Do you think that's... Because obviously it came out at, around that time. You mentioned Dangerous Minds. I'm wondering if it's just... Because at, at that time, there was quite a few of those type of films, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah, and like, 
also, I just didn't buy Danny DeVito caring that much about them either. Like, it just felt like, why does this guy, like, why why does he, and like, why are they doing about Hamlet? I was like, why is he teaching, like, why would they put this much stock into fucking Hamlet? Like, I was like, I'm not saying Hamlet's bad, but like. That's my change, actually. Is the and I presume you might be going this way as well, and is is not so much. I, I I don't mind them choosing Hamlet as a subject matter for the film. My it's the believability of all of those double D's being interested in Hamlet. I know. Yeah. I would get it if one of them was interested in Hamlet or interested in Shakespeare, but having all of them at the same time be interested in Hamlet and wanting to learn about it, I, yeah, it does stretch the... Yeah, I, I just would have picked something else other than Hamlet. I, I get why they picked it, because there's certain elements of that story. Which... What would you have picked, but Judge Dredd comic, or...? <laughs> well, hey, for some of those characters, it, it probably would have been more relatable. Or, mm. or they would, but yeah, I don't know. You could have had a modern classic rather than Shakespeare, which is difficult to read. I think that the problem is now, isn't it? Shakespeare has become almost a cliche himself in films. I mean, there's there's no dispute in, you know, his writing and and the and the the plays and such. But he's been used so much in so many films that whenever he comes up in a film now, it's almost, oh, here we go again. Someone's going to learn about Shakespeare and love their life. And to be honest, who the fuck reads Shakespeare in this day and age and absolutely loves it? Well, yeah, I mean, I read it for for A-level and my degree, and I didn't mind it, but that doesn't mean I'd go and pick it up now and read it. Yeah. Like, I, I completely agree. Like, I just don't, I just didn't buy it, but all of these, like, these 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 youngsters would just immediately buy into fucking Shakespeare like that over a couple of months as well. Like I I'm a I'm a teacher. If I tried teaching like my class Shakespeare day after day for like months, there's no fucking way they like all of them would get into it. Can I I gotta highlight one other thing and I know Adam's gonna be on board with this 100 percent The final exam. The fact that they don't have to do it, but they still turned up. I know, I know Adam was on his knees in front of the TV at that point. I was just like, I was shaking my TV, like, what are you doing, film? I was like, no. Like, no, the, for me, right, scenes like that, oh, my God, the bit when I was just, like, curled up in a bowl crying from just, like, how frustrated I was at the film was when, at the end, like, they read his dad's record and honour him, and he's just stood there, and he, they give him the silver badge or the silver medal, and he's crying. I was like, this is... I could smell Gorgonzola fumes coming from the back. I'm not going to lie, but I cried at that bit. Are you absolutely serious? That was the cheesiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I know. I know no, I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you. I, I still got me. I was you know just, what, I, right? It's one of my changes. I wouldn't have had Brian Davis Jr.'s dad, who was Brian Davis, um, serve in Vietnam. No, I I would have right had it that he was just he was never in the army, and then they find he out died. that he was he was a he was a deadbeat guy. Maybe he went to prison. Maybe he died. Whatever. But that 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 
takes the film in a totally different Yeah, you're talking direction. about a totally different film there now. And and then it's the group, the double Ds, that would then support him to say, you don't have to be in your daddy's shoulder. Uh, shadow, sorry, not shoulder. Yeah, okay, I get where you're coming from with a different type of message, yeah. But it, it's a totally, like, like I said, that's a totally different film. Yeah. Also, as well, this is another problem out of the film. They all been, they just wedge in that woman with Danny DeVito. Did anyone else think that when you were watching, like that bird that he gets the file from? I've ended on a date. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say she was wedged in. I just think she was very easily swayed into giving him the uh, the document. Yeah, one, one Burger King and she ran over. I know. I know. Uh, how, <laughs> this woman, right? How low are her standards? Like, you know what I mean? First off, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but she's like, that's a bit of a height this joke, isn't it? Yeah, what have you got against Danny? Hey, come on now. I meant Burger King, is what I meant. Right. <laughs> but, you know, she was a good-looking woman, I'd mm. say. She um, was a very attractive older woman, yeah. Fair play. I, going, going back to that exam scene, though, right? If you disregard the fact that all of them are into Shakespeare... I, it would have been more believable that final exam if like one or two of them had shown up because they were actually into Shakespeare and the rest of them said, like at some point said to Danny DeVito, listen, I'm what, you know, thanks for what you did for me, but I ain't doing that exam if I don't need to. That would have been more believable. And he just asked them questions. I know. It wasn't it's... even a proper exam. No. And their, answer, their answers were shocking. I know. Especially that one from Mark Wahlberg, where he's like, oh, don't give me Yorick oh, or whatever yeah. it was. And he was like, thick. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so, so some of my changes, I, I wouldn't get them to have Hamlet. Um, the Brian Davis Jr. one. The, the glasses on Donny Benitez. I, uh, um, I'm, I'm assuming they were army standard issue glasses but <laughs> but anyway we, we bypass that also is it a thing in either in america or in america back in the day that you went to sign on as we'd call it in the uk for your job and then they just give you a job with no interview i know they just well i say i think the impre- the indication i got was that he'd been there a few t- for a few weeks he'd been going there a few weeks oh yeah no i get that but so he'd been going there for a few weeks and then he, he's like oh we don't need to see you anymore we've got you a job and he just turns up and he has a job with no one interviewing him or anything like that also one other thing i would have i just this is you just reminded me of something something i made note of last night another big thing i would have changed in this film is like I wouldn't have had Danny DeVito be an ad executive or whatever he was at the beginning. And I would have had him be like, actually like kind of like a low life alcoholic kind of guy who's been on welfare for years and then gets this job. Because the reason I would have done that is because his daughter and stuff was so pointless in the film. It just added nothing to it. And I mean, you went, I, I, I actually worked this out afterwards. You go a 70, like a 75 minute stretch without seeing his daughter or hearing mention of his daughter at all. I was a bit like, that was another thing I would have changed about the song. Yeah, it was, it was undercooked when it that relationship. But um, going back to your uh, thing about the unemployment office, I, I'm not sure what, if any, background checks they did those days. Yeah, uh, look, and it's not so much, yeah, the background checks. It's the fact that he, he goes there and they like, you know, you got a job on Monday. 
And mm. it's just, it's just like, yeah, but I, I get where you're coming from. It's like he's going to get a job with the army. So surely the army would be like, who's this guy? We need to meet him. Yeah, you need to meet him. You need to see if he's suitable. We, yeah, he's going to be I, training. He's deadbeat. Um, again, again, is he one of those positions where the army have been like, I can't believe we're talking about it this much, but is he one of those positions where the army are like, we'll just hand it off to the, to these people. They can give us someone and then... He's got a cushy number though, hasn't he? He seems to oh. like teach one class. Of eight people, however, man. However, once a day, is it? Once a day, if or even if it's that, yeah, it's no. amazing. He gets all his board for free as well. Mm. It's a movie job, isn't it? Oh my god, I, I want that job. But also, why this is another thing I thought as well. I didn't quite understand why he's signing on to welfare so fast because he seems like he's okay for money if he's a big ad executive running a six and a half million dollar account, like they say in the beginning of the film. So it's a bit like, why is he going to work? But but he's not though, because there's a pile of people chasing him for money at one point right. as well. Okay, okay. I sound corrected. I okay. didn't really see that bit, but I was a bit like, what? Like <laughs> the the final point for me, right? At, at the beginning of the film, he he has a phone call from his daughter to say that I want to go to this trip in to Mexico. Oh, how spiced is she like? Well, yeah, but but she says, "Mom is broke." You have to pay for this. Did you see the mum's house? Yeah. I, know. I fucking know. That, I think the amount of ribbon he had going through the house to get to that fucking present he got for it was probably like a grand. <laughs> like an acre of ribbon. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to go any more on changes because Adam's ruining my... Um, I'm sorry. My belief but, in this film. Look, it's all about keeping it real. And <laughs> this is the first time I've watched for in the movies I thought was an absolute turd. Sorry, it's I, not the first film. What's the other film I thought was a turd? What's the name? Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. I don't think that's a turd. I, I, I'll stand behind it. I'll go to bat for Toxic Avenger, but I think there's problems with it. Okay. <laughs> Toxic Avenger and path, um, or paved the way, Prog, for modern day comedies. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I, sorry, I forgot about that. Roast <laughs> comedies is what I meant. But yeah. But then, if Toxic Avenger... I'm, talk- I'm not talking about no. that film again. Come on, no. But if Toxic Avenger is the reason for Renaissance, man, fuck Toxic Avenger. <laughs> right, Ad, I want one, an- one word answer from you here. Yeah? Recommend yes or no? Yes. I'll, I... I'll, I'll just edit that in and keep with it. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't like the person, no, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. Prog? I'd only recommend it if someone was a fan of Danny DeVito. Okay, that's fair enough. I would recommend it, especially if you just started seeing someone. So I'm going to keep it at that and not say any more. Yeah. Based based on my previous comments. But you're saying this is a good second date movie, yeah? You're getting to know someone. You can put a film on. You can both watch, but at the same time, you can still have a conversation. Or something else. Oh, yeah. Or something else. <laughs> I enjoyed the film. I'd watch it again, maybe in about 10 years' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I watched this film, right? And all I could think of was, I want to watch Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Why? I think it's because in that film, he takes a group of army deadbeats and gets something out of them. Do you know what I was thinking while I was watching it? I want to watch Twins. Twins. (laughs) I was thinking I I want to watch Dangerous Minds. (laughs) Well, look, we all got something out of it. Something different as well. Podcasts come out every Wednesday. Don't forget to hit us up on social media. Um, We're trying to do a bit more on YouTube as well, so check out our extra content there. Cheers, all.